A new government report confirms poorer coastal and low-lying riverside communities will not be able to pay to protect themselves from the effects of climate change. It identified 44 lower-income communities as vulnerable without clear plans to deal with sea level rise and or extreme rain events. The Associate Local Government Minister, Kieran McAnulty, says the government's considering all options, including abandoning the areas. Climate scientist and flood modeler Dr Judy Lawrence is with us. Thank you for your time today. Just quickly, Dr Lawrence, what are the risks that we're talking about? Well, we're, we're talking about risks that are very long term, like sea level rise, like more intense um, rainfall, um, rainfall that we haven't seen um, previously. And these particular locations have been highlighted, I imagine, because of their extreme vulnerability. And we have had a lot of focus on cities. And these vulnerable communities in uh, largely rural areas and some peri-urban areas are, if not more exposed and certainly more vulnerable than um, some of the areas where we have the capacity to respond. This report identifies some of them as being unable to pay through rates paid by locals. Now, last week's independent review of local government recommended that central government, sorry, saying this word government a lot here, that central government set up a significant intergenerational climate change fund. You've made a similar proposal in the past. Why would that be of use? Well, I think we need to step back a little bit. Um, the immediate reaction is that we put up seawalls and stop banks um, around the country and that we armour ourselves from nature. Now, the IPCC um, uh, AR6 report, the sixth report that came out in February, uh, which I was part of, made it very clear that that is only one option. And potentially it is temporary, uh, particularly at the coast where I think we need to sit back and look at what are the options that we have, analyse what those options are, what are the most cost-effective options, and um, work with communities. Talking about abandonment is not not very helpful um, because it generates helplessness. Um, and so we need to sit down with communities and work out what are the range of options that could be done that would future-proof us. Uh, for the long term and enable us to adapt um, to changes as they um, eventuate, but before they become disasters. Speaking of helplessness, I mean, we've heard that these are lower socioeconomic communities. How do we ensure that there is a just, equitable transition here, that they're involved, that their democratic imagination is sparked and that this upholds Tetiriti? Exactly. And um, th- there is work going on around New Zealand in Māori communities, um, particularly, and rural communities where long-term options are being looked at. Uh, a very um, uh, interesting report that came out from the Deep South Science Challenge looked at the, the Otaki area where farmers in the area had three, four hundred year time um, horizons. Our legislation has a hundred years time horizon and in some cases for infrastructure only 30 years time horizon so i think we can learn from some of these community activities that are occurring around new zealand that are taking a longer term look and looking at what is sustainable over the long term and then we're working backwards and saying well how do we need to get there 
And so this response to um, vulnerability um, of flooding, particularly, um, and coastal areas, is one where we, it is a planning issue. Kilda, it is not a reactive issue. That's Dr. Judy Lawrence, climate scientist and flood modeler. Thanks for your time.